Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. A, a, a grain of rice. A, a grain of rice. It's going to tip the scale. Just remember that, then. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on, Mayo. You've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Our mission was to show that we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. Hi people, how are you all doing? Nice, compact uh, crew here today for our Monday Hurling Sports Pod with the Irish Examiner. No little All-Ireland men on duty at all today. Uh, Mark Landers is gone to Wexford, rumour has it, to buy a two-year-old TJ um, bred in the purple because he's made loads of money all year on the Queen. And uh, that, that is the talk out there, TJ. I don't know how true it is. Yeah, he was strongly rumoured, right, Jed, that he was. And, and, and in fairness, those Wexford boys are good to breed him, so he's going to the right place. Yeah, 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 yes. I must try and get in contact with Paul Nolan later on and see did, was there any sightings of him around his yard and that kind of thing. So we have TJ, obviously, and we're delighted to have Ken Hogan as well, who witnessed a couple of massive days uh, in the stadium. Ken, I suppose, disappointing one on Saturday for you, but, I mean, you witnessed an absolute epic, and we, we, we'll talk about it in, in Yeah, a few two minutes. outstanding games, by the way. Um, uh, obviously, the heart was low on Saturday evening with the lads involved and all that. It is tough to tough to take. It's eighty nine since we won a championship medal at senior level in Laura, so we were just hoping to, to you know to reverse that. But uh, great game, and we'll talk about the goals later. <laughs> and yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I suppose yeah. yesterday was unbelievable. I I never witnessed it as long as I'm at matches. I'd never witnessed the, the sheer intensity, the sheer drama that that we witnessed at, at the senior final yesterday. Unbelievable. Yeah, and I suppose we 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 spoke for at length. I suppose last week about the, the James Stevens belly hail game, but I think this this probably even surpassed it yesterday for, for sheer drama. We we've Larry as well there give us a hand on all the tip stuff obviously. No lads we we plenty to talk about. There's all sorts of things happened all over the country. I suppose some of the finals are coming to an end. We we've a lot of them over now. But we've a lot to look forward to as well next weekend and we'll touch on those um as well as we go along. TJ you were on duty Saturday night. I was on duty Saturday night. I wasn't seen. I was heard, but TJ, you were certainly seen anyway. Yeah, I got a good few comments about the old jacket. Uh, I suppose we'll start with uh, giving my buddy Declan and Sexton's for men inside in town a plug. He's kidding me out there the last couple of times. And all I'll say, lads, if you Just want to say to that be, again, is it is it Sexton's yeah, for men? Sexton's for men. And he's got a shop in the Castle West and the stall this week. If somebody happens to be down around there. If you want to look the part, get a trendy jacket, pants, whatever you need, call into Declan, tell him I sent you on, you will be really well looked after this week. So, if we have a couple of winners down there, maybe, on, uh, I, I, I was thinking of going to cross, maybe, but sure, no one knows what the week holds with the way the numbers are going. We were half thinking of going to cross towards then the ferry, so if I'm going well, I could pop into Declan. Yeah, there's a possibility Limerick could be locked down as well, Dale, so you might have to go into the ferry like you can pass through, yeah. <laughs> but call it, call it to Declan, yeah. If you want the trendy jacket or any of that type of stuff, in fairness to him, top man, he'll look after you. But, uh, but just on that, Tidge, um, 
the measurement on the trousers was that would that have been on the short side like a, a small bit of right yeah but no don't, that's that's kind of the, the way i'm trying to i suppose maybe not that these years keep catching up with me there i'm trying to kind of hang in hang in there for as long as i can you just have to think of jackie turtle now if you're going that way anymore and lose the socks like the sockets is the no thing to go. no i need no, the socks no. you you still are at that vintage yeah, I'm, like i'm still there yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> look at it was an easier night. I'm going to say this to you. I, I, when the games are classics and Ken will be able to back up this, um, core commentary is a fantastic place to be, Ken. You know, but when the games are one-sided and, and long, Ken, core commentary can be tough going, can't it? And you have to retain the interest and you have to obviously respect the efforts of both teams. Correct. And, uh, you know, just nothing went right in the night for doing. I watched it. I joined in to and... Uh, saw TJ with his jacket and I saw that young fella with him as well I didn't know who he was was it his son or was it his nephew I don't know who he was but some young fella was a uh, trendy looking fella anyway but um, that, was that happened to be exciting. Gavin O'Mahony with, with, with yeah, yeah that was the most exciting part of the evening for me because it just didn't take off after that you know unfortunately yeah uh, yeah no um, and yeah it was nicer to be in the studio where you could pick out your clips of the goals and look at the various systems. Uh, and that's the, that's the pros and cons that you don't know. What you, yeah. If I was in Simple Stadium yesterday, I'd rather have been in the co-com than the studio. And that. But look at Tej and uh, Piercing, I suppose. I suppose, uh, Will, I don't know who said it. A lot of people got their answers. He said it in today's 32-page. Uh, Again, lads, I have to say, a sports supplement in the examiner. Incredible quality, incredible coverage from from every tip of the country, GA and, and the rest. I think Leinster were even beaten in the rugby. We've been bits over that down this way. But um, uh, no, that's all covered. All that stuff is covered in the Premier League and all. And Han Min Song scoring four goals for Tottenham as well as not to be forgotten. Four assists from Harry Kane. All right, Larry, I see you smirking there in the background. <laughs> you got a jammy win there as well, Arsenal. <laughs> well, Tej... You know, the, a lot of answers. That was probably a bit too strong, really. There's no, they didn't need to answer anyone, really. But no, but I think that was more internal um, there than anything else. Like if you take maybe the last two years, like two uh, two years ago, they were beaten by Belly Gunner in the Munster Club final, and they had an internal Paul Beery looking after the team, and they they made a change after that, and there was some noise that it was the players maybe had looked for that change, and then last year they went with Michael Ryan and. You know, Declan Fanny had come in at some stage that now the Shotness involved in the team and last year didn't go great and then all of a sudden it was being questioned as to whether these changes were good or bad and then the start of the year they put in Kieran Birmingham who captained the team to win that first county in 2011 and you know they got beaten early doors by Kilmallock and that's where they maybe the two or three questions of the hunger came from. Yeah. I suppose that's kind of what Willow Donahue was referring to but Certainly on Saturday night, their A game kicked into gear. And I know I've been at some games where we've been on the receiving end of it. If you let Napierce do that, there is probably no better team in the country. Their ball play, their slickness, uh, their pace up front, their ability to get scores, fully evident on Saturday night. Yeah, and it looked to me, and you know, Ken, it looked to me like that a very set game plan was, you know, to. Pat Ryan had done all the damage against Kilmallock and, and uh, for me they kind of set Tommy Grimes who's a box-to-box midfielder really in terms of his fitness levels are through the roof but that if Pat drifted out Ronan Lynch was certainly not following him out and we've discussed this and you were on it as well about this row of an 11 roll and obviously Pat Ryan did rack against Kilmallock scoring seven points but you know just didn't get a look in at all with the system that he played but of course 
they don't have weak links either, which is another dead way of looking at it. Like that's a huge help. That's a huge help. Like in Ronan Lynch, he's the one player you don't want with the ball because he's such an array of uh, skills and his striking ability to hit left or right and to hit it into the pocket where damage will be done. But overall, the, the, the piercing set up and TG alluded to it. Funny enough, Declan Fanning was was held on to, you know. So obviously they had high regard for Declan. And I'm not surprised by that. And he would add that bit of steel as well and know-how in the defensive uh, end of things. But to fill the pocket well, like, whether we like it or not, it's an old cliche now, Delo, but the matchups are so important. The matchups, the matchups, the matchups. And if you don't get them right, you're in a small bit of bother. I, unfortunately, naivety won't yeah, get you over the line. You know, you can have all the exuberance you like. And uh, Dune came in with exuberance, I felt. And, you know, obviously Pat Ryan is a, a, a free-flowing player and he's only a human being like the rest of us. It didn't work out for him. It didn't work out for Barry Murphy, Barry the Freeze. But from, from the other end of it, you know, we talk about ball winners and the ability to win hard ball. But, like, not only have, in my estimation, not, not only have, uh, you know, Napierce Guan player, but Jesus, Connor Bylan and David Dempsey, like... Their skills, people underestimate their skills. It's sort of like Bonner in our county, you know. People underestimate. These guys are at the hurl as well. Oh, they think, oh, they're ball winners. That's, that's why they're there. But you don't play at that level, club our county level, unless you're ready to play as well. And they showed in abundance their finishes, the way they could score, the way they could win ball. And ferociously, you know, determined as well. And the Piercy were animated here in Birmingham, the sideline, like he was no shrinking violet either. He was in the players' faces. You saw when the first tackle went in. He was there on the sideline, urging him on. You know, he got up right the till the end, Ken. Right, oh, end, right yeah. at the end, he was he was the same way. I saw yeah, that, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So it's something, it's you know, something to, you know akin to what uh, the Kilkenny boys be doing below, like to be driving, driving, no matter if they were twenty five ahead, to be to be go twenty six ahead, and that's the way it panned out. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, TJ, Ken mentioned one man there, and I, I look at I, I've been lucky enough to have him, uh, uh, and just his brother as well, but. For me, Conor Boylan really had a huge influence in terms of that dirty, dirty ball. Do you know, like you're trying to decide when in the match, you're saying is it Casey or David Dempsey? Do you know, know. two four, two two from play, two four from play, mm-hmm. and Dempsey sets up the third goal for Breen, the fifth goal for Breen. You know, correct, as correct. well. Uh, uh, and you're, you're saying it's a toss up, but to me, like you, you have to look at the likes of. I think Boylan only got a point near the end of it, if I'm right. Uh, but jeez the dirty ball he won't teach you I mean after the Dune penalty even when maybe there was a bit a few cheers from their crowd and could we no we didn't really feel it because we knew they were dominant the most but straight from that puck out Bylan waved at Podge Kennedy who just before I go on I'd like to congratulate had a little baby that night That's right. That's right. Uh, what a story you know kept goal to win he's, he's I don't know how many county medals Podge have he has a lot of them anyway Podge is in them all Podge's got his six. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's 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 fair going. And six counties, yeah. Like, but but straight away I could see Bylan with the hurley up, and you know, grabbed us, turned, dragged down, and Wilhelm taps off, and straight away the goal is down two points in the gate. Uh, dead fellas like that as well, hadn't they? And everyone mentioned the loss of Shane Dowling, and rightly so. What a player at intercounty level! What a loss he is to Limerick. Never don't take back. Now we will talk about Dunes, uh, big men missing. Now, we speculated last week about Kevin Downs being missing as well, and we associate Downsy with sticking up the hand there. Yeah. And obviously, the cut was too bad on the finger, and he couldn't play. But for me, the likes of Bylan really came of age on Sunday. Now, that's very hard to say about a fella that has an All Ireland 21 medal, a Fitzgibbon Cup medal. Probably not fair, but Farid's club will say, 
yeah. Yeah, he's played the league game, he's played for Limerick at this stage now as well, in fairness. But you're 100% correct, like that was a massive, like when, when Doom get the goal, just to give you that slight glimmer of hope, right? Next ball, bang, catches it, wins a free, easy score back to two. And I suppose look as coaches, we'd all talk about that when we get a goal, you try to make it a four-point goal because you want to get the next score to put in a little bit of daylight. And then on the other side of it, you try to negate it straight away to get a score back. But you could say that about all their big players there on Saturday night. Like Will O'Donoghue's opening quarter, the hits, one or two of the turnovers. Like you said, Tommy Grimes there in the middle of the field. You want David Dempsey in the game. You want Peter Casey in the game. You need Conor Boylan. You need Mike Casey in the game. And I said, to win, to win counties. And they had them all. And so to go to the flip side then, like for Dune, like, the, the, the stats from their forwards doesn't read well at all and they don't need me to remind them of that this morning but it just didn't work for them uh, the game plans were similar enough there that both teams were trying to keep their six backs shaped together but then the use of the ball like the first score there Peter Casey got or sorry Adrian Breen got the ball from Alan Dempsey down underneath you whipped into the centre forward position over the bar their use of the ball ball to hand was so crisp early you could see they were in the zone and when they're like that, they're just a strange animal. They can use the ball and move it so well. Their puck outs, their movement, their scoring, yeah. Not nice to be on the end of it. Like. No, and, and we can talk about goals as well, TJ. And, and, and another big thing I would say for the PRC was like, they didn't have them right at the start of the year, even maybe that Kilmallock game, was the return of Kyle King and Alan Dempsey there to that left side of the fence. You know, absolute crucial. You can't buy experience in a county final, really, can you? No, it's massive. Like I remember even our own first county final guys back in 1987, we had, I think, three fellas in the full back line, I think, that made up an age of about 110 or something between the three of them, right? And again, everybody was worried about them, but they were probably our best line on the day because they were cool, they were experienced. And going back to what you were saying, like really, really just comfortable on the ball, knew what they're about, proper defenders, and just the game plan kicked in very early doors. You could see it, they were just on the money. Yeah, and the quality of the goals came, like, I mean, I said it in the commentary, Pat Ryan's first goal, it was the one that gave it the crucial bit of daylight after the first water break. I said, I don't think there was a goalie that I could remember, and I, I went back to skiing being the first kind of great I could remember on through other guys, up on through yourself, on through Brian now, who's the all-star keeper, could have possibly saved that goal. It must have gone a, a half an inch inside the post and a half an inch under the crossbar. And, you know, when you have the bit between the teeth, Dale, when you know you're going to do it, you know, you, I mean, you're coaching, TJ's coaching, you're always talking to the players and you're saying, you know, will I do it? No, you're going to do it. It's as simple as that. You've got to believe it's going to happen. If you're going to ping a ball 50 yards to a guy into his hand, if you don't believe you're going to do it, no matter how much skill you have, it's not going to happen unless you absolutely believe in it. And it was the same with Dempsey. Like, you know, coming through, skiding through, he had nothing else in his hand. There was a guy on his left-hand side, you know, that he could have offloaded to, but he had nothing else, like, to, to hit the underside of the crossbar and go back across and hit the other underside of the crossbar. Unbelievable finishes, you know, and just finish for his second goal in the very same way. And that's the credit he must get, you know, from the point of view of his ball-winning ability. In actual fact, he was pulled for a free, a questionable personal uh, foul as well. It didn't bother him. It didn't faze him. He seems to be very strong mentally and, you know, just like Lockmore Castellani, you're, you're looking at John McGrath centre forward yesterday. You're looking at Peter Casey at centre forward for the Piercing. Like, I'm sure it's going through John Kiley's mind, Liam Sheedy's mind. Can these guys, you know, engineer a situation where they can play at 11 for their county teams? Can they orchestrate the whole, pull the strings there and orchestrate everything, you know? And that's, that's, that's the key note. Like, Peter Casey's a hugely intelligent player. 
and he's done a lot of damage now at both inter-county level and he's, he's coming now into a situation where he's reaching his peak. He knows he's at the peak of his powers, huge belief in himself, but also that brain, that instinctive and intuitive brain that, that he knows he can create opportunities. And like it, it, it came up in abundance on Saturday night. Yeah, and, and we, we know how good TJ a goalkeeper on, on McNamara is like and he really Absolutely. had no yeah. he had no chance with the five goals, had he? Ah, no, no, no chance. Like I said, they, they were just random in there. Do, do, the other player to talk about very briefly, Dale, I suppose one you'll take plenty of credit for, I'm sure, is Ronan Lynch. Like he has oh, really none <laughs> can't take a bit for him, would you believe? Okay. I thought you were going to say Jerome Boylan there for a minute. Oh, oh, Jerome, Jerome was very good as well. But I think, I think there was, is there six of the, the starting 15 from the Pearson with John Kiley at the moment? Like, could, could there be a case made for Ronan to be seven? Um, like, he didn't feature um, in the early part of the year in the panel. He's a defender that definitely has something to offer in terms of that, whether it's that Declan Hannon role or that centre-back role. He's, his use of the ball is incredible. He is in that quarterback style, the way he plays. It's very similar to the hen and roll, teach, wouldn't it? Very, very, very similar. Like, yeah, and like with the possible questions about Declan and going forward, or whatever, like is, is, is Ronan Lynch a potential replacement? I, I, I don't know what the lads' view on that would be, but cer- certainly. But all over the pitch, to go back to what you were saying, these guys have showed the kind of violence they have against Peter Casey. They're above average. They're above their average club player. They will certainly feature in John Kiley's plans, and you will see them, and I have no doubt. At, at, at some he's rolling on the panel, TJ, you know. No, no, he's not. Ken. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he might be perceived to lack a bit of pace, TJ, but he's a wonderful striker of the ball, and I mean, even the long-distance frees, I know Limerick with Jeremy Burns have a, have a weapon in that, but I mean, this guy, I think he's even above that level in terms of scoring distance frees. Yeah. In the first half, he was halfway between the 65 and 45, like, and stroked it over at his ease. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I think I think he has the skill set. I think he has the hurl. And yeah, maybe there's one or two questions. I'm sure the lads will, will definitely be having a look at him. He'll definitely be a question in their minds as to whether he's in there now. For me, like, is he in the best 32 or 35 hurls in Limerick? I would have to say that he is, for sure. Yeah, and that's the beauty of the system this year. We didn't want it. We didn't want it like that. And we see a few problems developing, and we can talk about that as well with, with cases spreading. But... If fellas like him got a chance at the right time of the year to put themselves in the shop window, and, and that's amazing as well. TJ, for, for doing the long, eternal, um, and Kiladangian had it up to yesterday as well, and they just have to stay at it. But for a team, like we'd say, that have been in seven of the last 10 Premier under-21 under finals, um, yeah. it's just, it should be there for them at this stage. Now, look, if you told me at the start of the year, Dune would beat Kilmallock and go into a county final down Richie English and Darrow Donovan. I wouldn't have believed you, to be honest. Uh, so maybe it has to be put in perspective that they wouldn't have, I'm not saying the quality, but the, the kind of guys would say, like Adam McNamara did a great job replacing Kevin Downs, was probably easy for him, though, they were that dominant. And they had Kieran Kennedy to bring in uh, at the other end of the field as well and rejig, you know. Um, so for me, but just could Doon replace those two with anything similar? I'm not so sure they could. Yeah, like the other two chip leaders without a doubt. And without them getting to a county final, it was always going to be difficult. And look, like any time any, any, any club gets to a county final, it is it should be perceived as being a very good year. Unfortunately for them, now with the way the game panned out and being on national TV, like they would be very low this morning. But look, I got a bit of stick there last week for maybe saying or questioning Doon's mentality and their drive and losing that lead against Patrick's as well. I, what I actually was saying about Dune was 
and crediting them and involving board and Rogan guys for land. What Doon are doing, Delo, is very good. They are the one club who can match Napierce and get underage in all those grades, playing Premier. They're doing it. They've won the last two Premier under 21 titles. They won it this year and they won it last year. They're providing a host of players for the county, as I've said. So there's a, there, there is a missing link. Maybe some of the guys are falling off the ladder too quick when they're getting to 21. I don't know, because they had plenty of young fellas playing. They're definitely doing an awful lot right. They will win a county. Today, they'll be low, but doing an awful lot right. Like, what, what more can I say? Well, I probably would question tactically some of the matchups that they had on the day. I'd question the way they went about it. I saw one or two balls. I knew Ronald Lynch was going to sit in the pocket. I'm sure they did as well. And I don't know whether that's... Did they just lose kind of that little bit of focus early doors? They just popped two balls into him and then their game plan didn't kick in and they didn't get the scores from their forwards and then it just went belly up after that and it, it just ran out a really, really poor outing for them. They're better than that. You know I mean, they, yeah. they are providing us like plenty of players. So, yeah, they'll have questions to ask themselves as to where they go from here. But look, they're doing a huge amount of right. They have a piece of the jigsaw to fix and if they can fix that, I'm sure they'll be successful down the road. Yeah, I'd be familiar with a lot of them, as, as I said, for my couple of years. And, and uh, they seem like a place that's fanatical on the game, you know, maybe to the point of where they're, you know, they've seen all the underage success. They've seen the, the near misses and that. And it, it's just that little edge. And I suppose we, we can kind of mention Kiladangan in the same breath in some ways that they had just have no choice but to persevere. And as you said, they will win it. I think they will win it. There's no doubt yeah, about it. Yeah, if, if it's had to be back in, I think they were beaten in the final in 2000 as well. If it's had to be back then, like, do will come and I've seen, I've seen them underage in the schools and what they're doing up there is incredible. They, 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 they really are chip leaders of the underage. I, I, I will agree with you. They will win it at some stage along the way. They have one or two pieces to fix. I think it's fixed that. I'll go back to what you said at the start here. To be missing two players and two leaders like Richie English and Daryl Donovan heading for a county final trying to win your first like we will talk about Kildangan in a while but I was involved in the team in Guys Bland that won our first county it does play in your mind going down the stretch like history and culture and all those things come into play it is so so hard to get over the line and it's, at times like that is you need the bigger boys and unfortunately I know Kevin Downs and Shane Gowdy were missing on the Pearson side but to me the two boys were a bigger loss to Dune than the two boys from the Pearson and that's no slight on the boys yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, it's hard going for the, the men in red and white this morning and that scoreline just doesn't do them any justice really. But it, it does do justice to the quality of Napier Seek, we'd have to say. And uh, I know a good few, good few people, Brian McDonald there in the, in the Nina, Nina Gargin. Is it Nina Gargin, Larry, do you call it down there? Nina Gargin. Nina Gargin, yeah. yeah Brian, see, Brian. Brian was in the tip star. Oh, you know, was tip star. He's just tweeting me. He says, Dale, is there any way in the podcast there you could organise to get a... Um, the examiner maybe or somebody to come in and sponsor a Munster club <laughs> and I, the GA probably just wouldn't allow it anyway but God like would be would be steaming up to be some Munster club with some of the stuff we're seeing like with the with the belly gunner with the championship in the bag with the with the Napier Sig with Kildangan and uh, the winners in Cork now uh, even if the college win it but it looks like it might be a club team this year you know you're, you would have you would have serious, serious quality in Clare as well. Six Mile Bridge would be strong for us, Jesus. Talk to Tony. But talk to Tony about that. Yeah. Talk to, to be, Tony. To be, fair, Tony. <laughs> to be fair to the Peter Sheik and possibly Belly Gunner in, in, in Waterford, like these guys have raised the standard in the county now. Right? If you go to the facilities, go into the Peter Sheik, look at the clubhouse, the pitches, what they're doing, they've, they've raised the bar significantly here, which is good for Club Hurling. Yeah, it might be difficult right now because we have other clubs have got to step up now and go and have rattled off these boys over the next three, four, five years, which is going to be difficult. They're still really, really strong at underage. 
Um, I mean, they, they have all the facilities, they have the population, but you could say an awful lot of our clubs have that too, and they're not doing it. But these boys are raising the bar. Ballygunner are doing it one for someone told me that Ballygunner will win seven more, right? <laughs> the, way, the way they're going. But it's up to the other guys rather than complain and whinge about it. You know what I said about those guys complaining? They're up. You have to get up there, raise your standards, and get after it. Yeah, we're a bit like that in Clarecastle at the moment. We have all the facilities. <laughs> but we did win. We, we beat Kamele in the 14B final yesterday. Now with 14 and Clare's bad competitive. Fantastic A final the previous day. But... Uh, yeah, just a little shout out to the lads and, and uh, Eilish, my wife's nephew, James, who was on the losing side for Kameli, but played well. Um, but uh, it's great, great to see the joy that, that we, we might have had no GA season and to see under-14s there yesterday and what it meant to them. And, and it's just a credit to the association, really. So, yeah, we leave Limerick there. Great champions back again. And what a success story they have been since they came to the fore. And... and it doesn't look like, I know there might be a small drift off TJ and they're underage, but they still have, you know, I, I look at a fellow like Emmett McAvoy, who I had coming up along, didn't even get a run yesterday. So they still have youth on their side in terms of the way Donahue is, is starting to dominate. I mean, if I was John Kiley now, you'd be saying, and you mentioned that there came, like midfield has kind of been Keen Lynch and someone else. Hasn't it? And it's been Daryl Donovan, it's been Will, it could be someone else. Jesus, Will looks to me to be any inter-county team at the moment would say this is a tour de force, especially maybe facing to a winter All-Ireland, like, you know, where it, I'm not saying he's not slow in any way at all. Like, geez, he, he, for me, he has it all at the moment in terms of power. And, and, and already, I think, in that league campaign, I felt that Will O'Donnell nearly had nailed that place, that place in the middle of the field beside, beside Keane. So, yeah. I'd say John Kiley will have no qualms about letting Will in there because he has the aggression the aggression that you need at that level as well, he has it in abundance. And from that point of view, like, I mean, uh, John Kiley, we know he has, you know, a luxury look, of players there. It, 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 like it looks like the perfect trade-off then with himself and Keane Lynch as well. Keane, in terms yeah. of a fella yeah. sit, yeah. sitting and holding the fourth and, and protecting the half-back line and Lynch in the, the, the free spirit, the wizard, that off to do his thing, you know. He's nearly in a McFinley mode, the other kind of player, isn't he? Like in that's, terms of like, yeah. like which, 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 what you want. As I said, in the opening exchanges in the county final. And also in the Piercing, believe it or not, they were beaten in the intermediate final by Newcastle West at the weekend. That was on Sunday, the day after, after extra time. So that was their second team at the, inter, at the intermediate play. So yeah, plenty, plenty of players still there. So yeah, re, re, really going for it. Yeah, fair play and hats off to them. And as I said, we're just sorry it's finishing in terms of seeing their quality. But... I suppose John Kiley needs a chance now, like everybody else, to get his spin in order for the upcoming. Ken, you had a marvellous weekend, I know, from a Laura point of view, um, not what you wanted. And you were right there, Ken, Saturday. I actually didn't see it, but I listened to it. I was caught travelling from, from Avenue to Avenue, and uh, I listened to Tip FM, though, and great commentary from, from the lads, and I have to quality. Uh, yesterday as well I had him on while I was watching TG Carr poor sign of my Irish Ken if you had ever got me to Templemore you'd have sorted out that obviously because what I noticed since every time I meet up with Ali Baker now he starts talking Irish to me you know so you're yeah, really yeah. doing a good job on the Irish there fair play but uh, no look you were right there Ken even up to the last water break you had it back to the goal and then a certain uh, wizard stepped up to the place and uh Produced two goals that we didn't see being being Mr. Owen Kelly rolling back the years. Uh, I think someone mentioned the figure of 38. 
and I, I text Niall Gilligan last night and Gilligan kind of came back to me and said he's only a young flesh sure. <laughs> so like oh, oh, Gilly yeah. kept doing it till he was 40 like so but uh, um, it, was a, it was a brilliant day beautiful beautiful weather um, walked in the funny thing that struck me I, I walked in you know obviously um, I parked the car and I came around by the stadium the outside pitch in the stadium and there was a lot of noise yeah. going on and um, I thought it was a blitz on and didn't I look in just looked in through the, the small doors you know out there on the outside pitch and Mullahone were actually warming up there and they didn't go up to the Morris Park which is a traditional place for the teams to warm up they were there and I met a Mullahone man and uh, chatted to him and he said best of luck to Laura and I said best of luck to yourselves made the best thing away but he said Oh, Kenny said, you know, we had a we had a bereavement during the week, you know, the goalkeeper's dad and all the rest. And I said, oh, here. I said, sorry to hear that, but I knew the lads had a cause because I knew by the noise in the warm-up, I knew by the, the drive that was going into the warm-up, you could hear it all over the, all, all over, all over the, around the stadium. So, then I went in and met Liam Sheedy on the way up, but he was going up to watch the match, obviously, and Liam said, how do you think we're fixing? The amazing thing about it, like, we spoke about naivety, and uh, it did come to the fore a little bit because John McIntyre has done a wonderful job with us. He came back from Galway. Um, he, when we were on our knees in the early 2000s, he came back and uh, eventually we got up, back up senior. And uh, my last day out in a Laura jersey. And then we had a situation where he came back this year after a lot of persuasion because, you know, he's a busy man and travel out from Galway City, you know, it's not simple. But he had done an absolutely fantastic job. And he had a team playing. We, had, we were, you know, we were engaged in a lot of high-scoring contests throughout the year. But we were, we were playing with a certain naivety, and it, there was nothing wrong with that because, really, it was, it was the, the experience of Mullahone against the exuberance of Lura. And you were sco- you were coming up to the final, Kim. Can I just say to you, not yeah. to be cutting in on you? And sorry, I'm sorry, apologies now. And Jesus, John, what a hurling man he is! But you were scoring an awful lot coming into it. Yeah, we were high-scoring stakes. You know, we Colin Fogarty, the young county minor, there with three Fogarty brothers playing. You know, and then uh, Keane and, and Bonner as well on the, on, on the half-forward line, you know, coming in and out. We were engaged in a lot of high-scoring contests. I suppose it just come down to a situation of well, how were we going to curb the amount of scores that we were leaking, you know. And that was through no fault of anyone. It was just the style of play we had uh, with the max in the middle of the field as well. We played a very high-pressing attacking style. But... You mentioned about the pocket and Ronan Lynch in the pocket and John Maher, yes, and Alan Flynn as well, you know, and David Sweeney. You know, you've got to look after your back line. And, you know, we just got caught in that situation where we went for the high-scoring stakes, uh, chased the game a lot. Sean Curran, Jack Shelley, huge intertraining, uh, interchange, you know. Brian was playing at centre-back. He was chasing shadows across the pitch, over and back. And when you see your centre-back out, out on the sideline under the stands, you know you're in a bit of bother, you know, because I'm sure your coaching strategy when you were playing would be the same as mine, you know, you, 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 must hold, you must hold the middle, you must protect your full back line. Owen was out of the game, funny enough, for, for major part. Now, I only listened to a podcast, funny enough, by accident there in the last few weeks, Steve, Steve McDonald, the Armagh forward, and he was asked, you know, what's the greatest trait of a full forward? And the funny thing he said was, was it had nothing to do with sport. It was patience, he said. Patience. And Owen Kelly showed that in abundance. It wasn't working out for him for regards an hour. He was deadly as usual in the freeze. But when he got the chance, you know, I could see it happening. When he got that ball, Mike O'Shea did brilliantly because he was fouled. He was almost on the ground and it was a beautiful flick pass over to Owen. And Owen had nothing to lose. He had a free already. 
21 yards out and he buried it, you know. And yeah, James, that, came, that came across from Stephen Gleeson that he, but that was awareness as well to know I have the free, I, I won't tap it over the bar and just be the same as the free. Yeah. I'll, I'll rifle this to the corner, like, you know, that's right. You know. Yeah. And it rattles Laura because of, because of Laura's use, you know, we have two hundred yards in the full back line and things like that. And they played very well. But it just rattled us from the point of view that the ball came back in again, landed in no man's land between goalkeeper and full back line. And Owen, of course, as what, what a great trade of his catching the ball in the chest. The ball just landed in his cuffed hand in the chest. And he turned and twisted twice. He didn't show it up. He knew he'd get caught. And he stuck it, hopped it off the ground to the coronet. Again, another fabulous goal. And those two moments of magic really, you know, changed the game. Was the difference really? And uh, you know, I met Owen afterwards. It was like he had won his first ever championship medal. You know, he was absolutely trained. He was captain of the team. But from everybody's point of view, the spectacle of the game was it was an unbelievable game. And I have to say about Laura, you know, which is typical of John Max teams, absolute passion, never stopped working. Goalkeeper Young Walsh made a great save from Colin Forty near the end. It could have changed it. Brian hit the post with a rocket as well. These things in happening county finals that can, can sway or change a game. But the corns again, you know, three Paul, I, I wanted to ask you about Paul, Ken. I mean, he, I, he got great praise. Stephen Gleeson's commentary was excellent. Both his co-commentators on the days were, were superb. Yeah, Paul um, Jenkins is actually commentating that match. Paul Jenkins. Sorry, was sorry. Was it? Yeah. And, and, was it two, and, was it, who's the co-commentator then on that? Is it uh, Dennis Kelly. Uh, Dennis, Dennis Kelly. Barry, yeah, Dennis Kelly. Tum, yeah, Dennis, yeah. They, they were ex, they give great insight. Like, it's the little, yeah. you know, when you're listening to the radio, the, the little insights that they give on, on what they think might happen and what might influence is great. And I mean, Paul, again, I mean, we don't, oh. we don't associate Paul with catching a high ball, dancing out and clearing it 90 yards, a la the Rock Sullivan or Lohan or that. We associate Paul with kind of that pure form of defending, you know, what yeah, a defender. I mean, Probably leaner now, Delo, than he was even when he was playing. And you saw how lean he was when he was playing. He's, he's in such immaculate condition. And then you had Sean, his brother in the middle of the field, got mad at a match, I think, six pints of play, uh, who, who suffered, you know, a serious crucial injury. And I'd have to mention Jack Shelley, who was an All-Ireland minor winner, who got two serious crucial ligament injuries. Probably would have played the senior hard with Tipperary only for the setbacks he's received. You see, they, they, had, they had the aces in the pack. And, you know, but... Fantastic spectacle, really hard sporting game, but great to see the teams afterwards, you know, mingling. And uh, yep. to, for Laura to play in Simple Stadium, you know, two, two weekend, for two weekends, pitch in absolutely immaculate condition, to play at the top level with the top teams and Munnahone, the half and All-Ireland Sevens is for nothing, the half and County Championships. Oh, yeah. And Owen mentioned as well in his speech, South Champions as well, you know, South Sea Northern Champions. So they have a proud legacy there. And I think the experience for, for us is that, the appetite and the hunger, as TJ mentioned, you know, you've got to have that thirst to come back again, like Kiladangan or, or the Dunes. You've got to get back there into that big uh, play again. Yeah, and just on, on that, uh, Ken, would Sean Curran be somebody who'd be pushing maybe to Liam to have a look? We run about John Kiley, maybe looking at a Ronan Lynch type player. You know, he, was, he was a county man, like, you know, would he be in that sort of form now? Yeah, Sean, Sean's in great form. Sean, Sean has just, uh, you know, Paul, it's like brothers. Paul got the run. He, he got the run on it. And, you know, it was such a stalwart. Sean Corn, I had him at 21 level. Top-notch player, top-notch attitude. Very smart as well. Very bright hurler. 
just has been dogged with their injuries at the wrong time. Like a man we're going to mention in a, in a few minutes' time, John Maher of Lochmore Castellani. Injuries can play its part, as you well know. If you don't get the break, and Sean just didn't get the break, you know, and he has been in, in I, I, he was on the 216 panel, obviously, uh, with Mick Ryan, but he just hasn't got the break at the right time. And he has, uh, there's no doubt about it, Anthony, he has the quality. Yeah, yeah. And TJ, did you ever win one lace or one, one that meant to bit you that, that to toss? I'm finished winning things now, and, and uh, or did it all just happen at the right time for TJ Ryan? Like, and no, did, it was no, onto the flash jackets. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. No, we like we, we unfortunately haven't had the pleasure of playing too many county finals. We, we lost one late in 2004 before we won one, and that is crushing. I'm probably more used to the other side of it than winning one late. So um, you see, at the, at the end of the game, yes, this was the top of more boys in the world. What it meant to the guys to lose, and it's just it's just such. Jesus, it's such a low place to be this morning. Like, yeah, it's so hard to get to a final. So much work goes into from the start of the year to get everything right. And then such small things there, as Ken said, it could be a post, it could be just a wrong decision at the wrong time, it could be a stroke of genius on the far side, like Owen Kelly's goals there. I think I saw a clip on Twitter last night of him scoring a similar goal about eight or ten years ago, and it was the same move and the same jink and a similar finish. Like, so this has proved that the class truly is permanent. But no, I, I'd be more used to on, on the other side of it. It's so crushing. Like some of those guys would be as low as a snake's belly this morning, and it, it's just hard. It hard, hard. Nothing you can say to them. I just to go into a dressing room there, like, like you probably have seen it. Go into a dressing room that's actually you have to give them a crushing defeat too, which is a hard place to go. Oh, it's murder. Can can just lastly on it, and and uh, you know there would be people that were saying, and I I had given a tiny hand to Tralee Parnells in 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 Kerry this year, who new club, and they got to the intermediate final. Um, now intermediate in Kerry, the standard would be a little bit down on what we we'd be. You know the great senior final yesterday. Watched that, streamed that, gave my contribution yesterday to the Kerry County Board. Um, I given them all a twist, Larry, uh, but the, it'll be in the expenses. But uh, um, no. Uh, what I would have felt with them was that maybe they might be as well off not winning it yesterday in long term because they were very young and, you know, they were very much building from a, they're only a young club, six or seven years old. And, but for yourselves, is, that would be the case as well, I suppose, overall. Um, and there's probably a good bit more left in the banner, hopefully, club level anyway. And, uh, but, but then the sh- I look at it and the Seamus Arena is so competitive as well. You know, Newport would have had big de- designs on it and, like going up, would it have been too much of a step? Or are you, are you as well off maybe to be? That's yeah, never a case today after. John Max made an year, right? Uh, yes. First year in back. He didn't know any of the players. Barry's two neighbors, he wouldn't have known the players. Barry, maybe Bonner and Brian and things like that. But the thing about it is John came in, he brought a new total professional setup. He brought in a good management team, smart men, great Laura men in with him. Bonner's uncle, Eamon Maher, Martin Young, James O'Mara. I think the, the key thing for us, it revived the club. We contested the under-12 North semi-final. We contested the under-14 against Ross Gray uh, North final. And we, contested, we won the under-16 North B against Money Gall, which was a great victory. And lost narrowly to the county champions, Borland, in the under-16 county semi-final. So over in the field, and I mentioned this in the, uh, before to you, over in the field, there's a huge buzz around the parish. A lot of work has been done. We had a huge fundraiser before COVID. I think the COVID disrupted our situation a little bit in a sense in that John had put so much effort into it. That three-month disruption, in actual fact, I think if he had had more time even to work with us, um, he would have got to know maybe the, the chinks in the armour and things like that. 
Mulnahone, you've got to hand it to him. You know, they were streetwise. They knew what they were about. They have played at the top level that you mentioned. They have been in the Danbreen all along and contested strongly for it. So from our perspective, um, we have just got to be in a situation where we got to know what we're doing next. You know what I mean? And from that point of view, I feel that we've got to progress. Keep Mac there at the helm. And I think, as you mentioned, Newport, huge progress. The Templeterys, the Port Roos, uh, the top teams there, they, they, they have been there, thereabouts. Newport, massive progress. It's going to be very competitive again next year. You've got to come back. Monahone, it's a worry from with Owen Kelly, obviously, and Paul Corn at the other end of the scale in, in the fact that uh, where, where's their experience lies. But they have young fellas coming through as well. Monahone will always survive. That they know what it's all about. For us, it was a learning curve, and I think it's only, it's only more improvement we'll make. Hey there, Dilo. Um, Dilo has froze there. Just doesn't want to talk about tip. Like I've noticed that all year. Like just, just <laughs> up there. It's a close to the crunch. Yeah. <laughs> no, you have to sneak into Marty's there for us for uh, to see if it was open. No. No, it's not. The, the kegs are being delivered as we speak, TJ. Okay, I can hear right. them banging up. Okay, one o'clock. One, one, one o'clock. The doors <laughs> open. So I want. Yeah. I was kind of looking forward to that from about three o'clock, like for a few hours, you know. <laughs> but, uh, okay, so, and lads, we, we spoke, I suppose, and we said it earlier about the, the, the excellence of the Kilkenny semi final. But for drama alone, and for tension, and for desire, and, and, and for a game that had it all. And I, I was doing my notes as I was watching it, Ken, and I had probably the first 10 minutes, I had down tense and tight, you know, um, Kiladangan wides adding up, and then. Evan Sweeney's goal won three to six points at the water break. You wouldn't really have foreseen what we were going to get afterwards at that stage, like. Yeah, funny enough, like I went to Torch yesterday. Obviously, the humour wasn't great. Like yesterday morning when I woke up and the head was a bit groggy, and uh, you know, you're saying Jesus Christ, but I, 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 I knew there was something special going to happen. I just had that feeling in my bones, you know, that I headed off to Torch and you know um, went into the match. And you could feel, you could feel there was something imminent. Um, Lochmore Castellani, you know, amazing club, warming up. You know, they're actually under the stand out of the heat. Typical country lads, smart out. You know, Kildang were out, enthusiastic on the pitch, but it did start off like that. But it was just Kildangan's flair. Their six forwards, they had the flair. They needed to get scores on the board, and they did get scores on the board. But then Sweeney hit him with the goal rattled them a bit, then the wide count started to, to tally and uh, at the water break then there was that sense that well this is going to be a game because Lochmore have come to win this, there's no such thing as them handing the, you know, the party role to, to Kildang to display their wares, so from that perspective I think after that it was absolutely unbelievable, the, the high octane stuff, the way the boat went at each other and the the sheer brilliance of the goals that, that um, Lockmore manufactured, but also the perseverance of, of, of the Kildangan team to stay going, stay going, stay going, to regroup and keep tagging over the pints, even when they were hit with those sucker punches. Yeah, and like, you know, TJ, you, you probably saw it, like that um, yeah. the goals, John McRae wasn't really in it. In fairness, some that had a system for him, I think, with, with Ty Gallagher sitting deep and David Sweeney allowed to go with him and it was working. And uh, now you couldn't really blame uh, David Sweeney for the goal because 
who'd have, who'd have seen the pass back that he got. Uh, I think it was Ty Gallagher, maybe, or no, it was um, Kieran McGrath. It was well, Kieran, the full forward, probably had his own chance after Sweeney's run. Yeah. But then he billowed in it as John McGrath does, and you said, geez, three goals, like three, three to eight points. You're saying, is it going to be the same old story for Kiladangantij? I know, like in fairness, a lot more their economics with possession early on was unbelievable to get the scores, like little or no wides, got the three goals, kept them in the game. And you felt at that time that Kildangan were the better game. But again, to go back to the quality of this club game, TG4 beaming into our homes, the pitch, the facilities, the condition of the players, what another advertisement for a club game. Unbelievable. But great tension. Everyone kind of edged their seats, definitely looking in to see what was going to happen next. The quality on show, like Paul Flynn's points for um for Kildangan, just a, a, a joy to watch. Um, just unbelievable. But the McGraths just bring that, I don't know what it is still, that, that, that stuff that you can coach. They just, every time they're on the ball, they're trying to make things happen. But again, just a, just a brilliant game to watch. You were, I suppose, waiting for Kildangan to get this goal, but the longer the game went on, you kind of felt that Lockmore, their defence was really, really holding out. They weren't giving up the chances and things were going their way. I felt watching the game that Kildangan were probably the better team in the 60 minutes, but I didn't felt that as it headed into extra time, that I felt that this game was really swinging towards Lockmore. They were the better team. But that's just me watching in. Right? Yeah, and, and like one of the things, Ken, in front of the old stand, as I, we'd know it as, you know, was the battle between Alan Flynn and Noel McGrath there along. And both of them flourished, but you'd say Flynn probably, from the wing-back point of view, really was a launch pad for them there and, and, and what scores he contributed as well. Oh, unbelievable. And I think in fairness, you know, the McGraths have been lauded before, but, you know, Mike Flynn, uh, they, he be the father of the, of the lads. They're, they're farmers, you know, good farmers and strong-willed and determined. And Alan is teaching above in Newbridge and Paul is on the farm. And Paul has been there, thereabouts with the county. Alan has featured and, and probably made uh, appearances last year with Tip, you know, in the, tw- in the 2019 All-Ireland campaign. But when Kildangan needed leaders, the two Flynn stood up. And I say that without hesitation. I don't mind mentioning their two names because Alan and Paul, they were needed badly. Things were under the cosh. Uh, it didn't look like their day. The Kildangan support had quietened. Um, but by God, they came up Trump's unbelievable scores. Paul Flynn's pints off left and right. But Alan then, to keep hanging in with Noel, to break the burst forward, and in actual fact, in the last play of the game as well, to win the free, to equalise the game as well, he was up there, broke onto the ball, sidestepped his man, took the free. It showed marvellous steel in their game, as well as the ability to have to play. And when you're that long clinging for a title and a third final, I think in five years, you, you need the guys with that bit of inter-county experience and minor 21 experience. And they really stepped up from and like Billy Seymour at, at times struggled with the freeze, but like they, they all came good. No, look, I, I don't think I've ever felt as sorry for a team as Lockmore at a final whistle. And, and uh, you know, they just, even John not in the game, when they moved him inside in, then she came good, like, didn't she? You just can't. I, I wrote down, you just can't keep a great man down. Like, no, so we'll we'll yeah, yeah, go on, TJ. Sorry, innovate, like, you know. They'll switch in. Kieran McGrath went outside, and Kieran McGrath's in the autumn career. That'd be his own admission himself, you know. 
Lee McGrath is traveling to Australia. Lee's a county football uh, captain last year and also has scored goals in county finals to win at senior level for Lockmore, the last county final. And they, you know, Lockmore depends so much on the people. You mentioned about the rural parish. Every player counts in that setup. I mean, the point that Tommy Maher got, he was only on the pitch. He came onto the pitch um, and he ran straight through on a magnificent point in extra time for Lockmore. That's the spirit they have. That's the know-how. And they can innovate in different situations. John going into full. But I think the, the whole components of the game was about the mental strength of both teams. Lockmore really tested what Kildangan were all about. And Kildangan passed that test. They kept at it, kept at it. The heads didn't go down. I'm sure Sean Tracy and John Meskell and Brian Lawler as manager and Darry Egan in the background, they had instilled this, lads, be prepared for every eventuality because, by God, did they get hit with sucker punches yesterday. Yeah, and that's important, Ken, because I, I, just my own experience is going down the stretch, it does play with your mind and you need to be really well-versed in all that. But what I was going to say is, talk about John Maher for a second. Just what, what a performance. And Outstanding, I was going to say. Unbelievable stuff. Like, yeah. Where is he in the tip setup? I know Ken just touched briefly on, he had a few injuries at maybe wrong times, but just looks a phenomenal player yesterday. John Maher is an unbelievable guy, a great, a great player. Um, he has obviously dual status, a, a, an outstanding inter-county football fullback would play in the best. Um, he has had serious trouble with his hamstrings, TJ. Right. Um, something like Lar a number of years ago. Um, he kept breaking down in training. Now he went back into a situation where he went back into the very football setup with, with these injuries. And Ian Dowling, the former Munster player, Heineken Cup winner, was uh, the physiotherapist with the very footballers. And I suppose with the football situation, that intensity isn't there. They had the more, a bit more patience with him. And John rehabbed under Ian Dowling. And thank God he's come through with flying colours. Now, it's not today or yesterday, TJ, we've been talking about John Maher. John Maher, oh. I'm trying to figure out his age. I think um, I might have had him last year under 21. He may have been around a bit. So I think he's 26 this year. I think he could be 26. That's all he is. Um a marvellous character as well. Brilliant musician. Brilliant, brilliant raconteur of recitations, things like that. One of those people. But he's been brilliant all year. And we were saying, how was he going to react yesterday under severe pressure from Kildang with your six forwards flying around this? He was absolutely out of this world. Out of this world. And I just said, I mentioned yesterday on local radio after the game, I think he could be the first dual player back in the scene again, um, uh, TJ, because yeah, he was just that so the matters are huge, proud football people. He will not let down the football set up because they are born and ingrained in Tipperary football and Lockmore Castellan football. So I think uh, obviously Liam and his management team cannot ignore John, but the, the situation is where does it, does it all fit into this, this category of of what's going to happen in the next couple of months? Has he the, has he the time to play both? I don't know. But he's a top-notch player. Any county would be thrilled to have him, TJ. Yeah, certainly. And like for John Kiley and, and Liam Cheney, there's definitely going to be discussions, certainly among their management teams, as to who they invite in. And some of the 15 and 15s could be, could be interesting going forward. Dello, I'm sure you have to touch on Noel McGrath there for a second and that sweet yeah. strike off the left and the side. He just had missed one that you probably would have put every bob you have, house the whole lot on, and 60 minutes. But... Like at the same time, the one that's back to him there on, on, on the uh, sideline, what a score! 
It was nearly an only Noel moment. Like, they just <laughs> no back swing, no back lift, as they'd say. Watching the golf last night, you know, and run about the different swings. And he just, he did, like, how he finds the distance from the economy of the swing is incredible. Um, and what an incredible player. And I thought there was a moment, lads, and we'll cut to the chase in a minute about the, the real, the drama at the end. Uh, I thought there was a moment uh, in extra time, Ken, where... Brian McGrath thundered into the game as well. Do you know, he really thundered into the game, I felt, and he was covering the half-back line. But he won a massive free, and John missed it. And you were there, oh, jeez, you didn't expect John to miss it. And, you know, it was 45 yards out, you know, fairly central. And straight away from the puck out, Alan Flynn won a free, and they leveled it. And I said, that's the turning point. It was such an epic that you think that would decide most games. But sure, Jesus, it wasn't half the drama <laughs> that was to come after that. Like, you know, I said, Tommy Maher is the hero. Then I wrote down to do my notes. No, Brian McLaughlin's the hero. He got a point and another point. And I mean, take for instance, I mean, that frame of mind that Kildangan must have been in, that Brian didn't, wasn't in the game at all, really, was outplayed. And to come on and be the hero and be the toast of Kildangan today with their pubs or wet pubs reopening again. <laughs> I don't know if there are too many of them out there. <laughs> They'll have enough. They'll have enough. They'll have enough. enough. Yeah, but I, yeah, I mean, I that shows you a great... I mean, a lot of subs, a lot of guys taking off like that, talking, they'd sulk and they had to be down and they'd do nothing bring them back on. But obviously, this fella, he, his frame of mind was incredible. Um, going yeah, well, he comes, from, he comes from the famous Malachny family. Pat Malachny, of course, two-time two all-star goalkeeper, a hero of mine. And uh, from the Shannon Rovers, though, but his father Martin would have been a great player, and his uncle Jim. But the Malachnies would have a great uh, mentality and be very, very well. The attitude would be spot on. But I was actually down. I'd have, I'd have been a participant. I was telling Larry beforehand. I've been down, able to watch the match, hear the clashes behind the both backroom teams, and then hop up for the analysis at half time and full time. So I was looking in there since I could since what was going on. I saw Brian, he came back up and he had his head in his hands. You know, he was disappointed, obviously, with himself. But it was a marvellous bit of intuition from uh, the backroom team in Kiladangan that Rory Gleeson was there, Kieran Kelly was there. They could have been brought in two good forwards as well, two guys that could have contributed. But no, uh, they went. Willie had tired, Willie Connors had tired. They went for a big move that brought Malachny back in. I mean, to score one, two in extra time was absolutely unbelievable stuff, you know, the stuff of dreams. But the way he was so clinical in the way he scored his points and the way he finished his goal, I mean, it just is a lesson to every player. Never get downhearted. Never think that it's your, your time is up. Keep at it. Sustain there. And he had the mental strength and the ability then in the wrists to finish the job, which, of course, the Kiladanga management team knew he had in abundance. Yeah, and you, as you, it just throws back to what you said about Owen Kelly and Stevie McDonald, like about patience and, 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 and that it did happen. Let me take you back, Dodd, just to the, the initial drama. Like, like, like Barry didn't really deal with the situation to give away the 65 so good. At, he tried to roll, lift it, and he, it didn't come up clean. He got hooshed out for the 65. So John is standing over the 65. We take over the, the, the minutes injury time. Um, but Barry has another slitter in his hand. And now, I spoke to an ex-teammate of yours last night. Well, I didn't speak to him, but we did an exchange on WhatsApp about it because he would be watching everything. And we had been talking about the Limerick final as well the night before. 
And he says to me, Dale, I, I'm not so sure. Like he said, he poked out the ball, then the whistle blew. And I thought some of the Lockmore players thought it was the full-time whistle. And they sort of maybe stall for that split second. And I think, was it Joe Gallagher had one possession and went in? And, and like, I mean, was it a little bit controversial? I couldn't, you couldn't take it off from now. You couldn't take it off from with the, with the performance, 128 after being hit with three soccer goals. Was there any sense to that around the ground? Uh, afterwards gone, but I, I copped it straight away so I presume in my, with my knowledge uh, I'm sure there's people with more knowledge than me but I copped it straight away and that's why it was close to the action um, there's a number of t- things you have to think about here one you know again for, for a player Barry to knock it out for 65 and he's saying oh holy god look what's after happening and John John slams it over the bear super pint but Again, we have to take the Gary Egan factor into a play here again as a coach and as a goalkeeping coach. I'm sure Dara would have discussed this so many times with Barry and another goalkeeper that you must have a ball ready. You must have a ball ready to, for the puck out. So he had the intuition to know that John was going to score the pint or drive it wide and went over the bear. But he also had the know-how, you know, to say, here it is, time is up. Off I go. Launch one big puck out. As he poked the ball out, Michael Kennedy, the referee, I actually saw Michael Kennedy because we were all watching the referee, by the way. He was yeah. jogging down and he had his back to Barry Hogan. The ball was in midair. He blew the whistle very strongly, actually. It was like a final whistle type whistle. Now, he blew the whistle for the puck out. Definitely, Dalo, in, in Lockmore's defence, they may have thought, I think they may have thought the human factor came into play. The game is over. But Joe Gallagher, who was a very unassuming personality, and Joe, I mentioned Joe at, you know, at full time and before extra time, I mentioned him, Joe Gallagher, we haven't seen Joe yet because he is their spiritual leader. But Joe's one of those anonymous guys that will slip in and slip out. He's not looking or he's not waving the hurley looking for the ball. But he actually caught the ball. There was nobody near him, Anthony. He, Which he was caught, amazing, Kim. It was a non-contested ball. A non-contested yeah. ball. Nobody was even within yards of him. He caught it on his own. Which meant there was some... Stoppage in the in, in, in the in, and some hesitation in the Lockmore obviously backlines psyche that just said it's over. But he, when Joe caught it, he as he as he's known for, he headed for goals. He shrugged off two tackles and passed it over his shoulder to Brian Malachny, and the rest is history. But um, this the sheer shock afterwards of the game and the way it went, in fairness to the Lockmore Castellani players who. You know, there was no such thing. There was no controversy. Nobody approached the referee after the game because everybody was in a state of shock, you know, at what had happened. We were all in bewilderment uh, the way the game finished. So from that point of view, uh, on the day, there was no controversy. Lockmore, Castellani, or that type of people. But definitely there was a, a hesitation there in, in Barry poking the ball out just a split second or two before the whistle went. Yeah, and because TG Carr had the Mayo final meant to be live as well, they nearly cut straight across to Mayo because of the extra time and all, so we didn't get to see. But I would have no doubt the type of people they are. But TJ, it was one of the things we focused on on this podcast that this year, since the referees came back after the lockdown, that they were allowing the quick puck outs and we were delighted with it. You know, we can point to a million things. You know, I'm not taken away from Kildangan at all. I know what they've gone through. To, to get to this stage but just the scenes at the final whistle we only got to see them briefly but 
I looked at David Kennedy. What a servant for his club, his county football hurling for Kildare. When he was up there, he gave them a hand, but, but stayed with his club. And to see him inside in the goal at the end, only beaten once. And like young McLaughlin, he could have taken the point and gone to penalties. But yeah. to, see, to see, and they have to get up off that ground, TJ, and face into a football final next weekend. I know. That might be good for him in, in, in a strange way once maybe get over today, but it's difficult. I suppose, first of all, you'd have to give Brian Malachny huge credit. Like, he had the kahunas to go for it. It would have been an easy option to kind of make it level and take it on. Like, you imagine today, going through there, that had been saved. Everybody would have been saying, why didn't you just knock it over the bar and go to penalties? Brilliant finish from him. But I do take what you're saying there with referees. I do try to check with the referee before most games. Look, today, what's the story? Like, can we go on a wide ball? Are we waiting for a whistle on the score? But there's so much inconsistency there in a game. And overall, it's definitely one of the points I think that will come up heading down towards the inter-county game. Because at the end of the day, when your goalie has the ball, you have positioned it. You want to use that in a way that suits your team. So clear direction from the referee is important. But don't take away from Malachny. Like, what an introduction back in. One, two. Like, he can be the hero here. Like, like that's right or over stuff. Like, to win your first county, he will never, ever be forgotten, no. Gallagher, we can't forget Joe Gallagher, lads. Yeah, Joe true. Is a savage servant. He's the, he's the leader of that gang. He leads by example on and off the pitch. Ty, his brother, played very well. But Joe Gallagher, coming to the hour, coming to the man, he stuck the hand up. He caught the ball. He's taken more punishment than any Kildangan player in the quest for this championship over the last 10 years. And he was the man with the cool head to take the ball, head for goals, and to give the killer pass. And um, no man deserves it better than Joe. He's had his medical problems in the last year or so. He had to have corrective surgery, and he came back. He could have sat at home and said, I'm not risking my health for this. But it wasn't going to happen without Joe Gallagher. It's as simple as that. Yeah, and, and we're not taking away an ounce from Killer Dangan. And I, I, I think the Egan family uh, would have gone to school with Cullum in Flannans. Cahill transferred to Clooney Quinn and hurled massive club hurling for, for Clooney Quinn up here and was a brilliant player for them. And Dara, I know over the last few years, and, and, and they have given an off. I know Cullum is based in the States, uh, had a great evening with him actually after the GA conference and he was on about Kiladang and watch it Dale or going to make the breakthrough and so it's great it's, it's, look at it, it's great to see a club winning their first ever heartbreak for Lockmore but first ever TJ you know it yeah, it's, it's incredible massive. it's massive and Dale you know this from being involved in games that game yesterday from being involved in that's some emotional roller coaster. you're winning it you've lost oh. you won you, like you'll be drained for days like you'll, yeah. you'll, you'll need to wait pub for two or three days after that yeah, can you imagine when the 65 was awarded what was going through everyone Bar John McGrano had to concentrate and he missed the free and, for it and Barry in goal had to concentrate because as you said Kenny was ready for what he was doing with the puck out and like can you imagine everybody else saying oh, we have it now please John please John put it over please John put it wide again and all of a sudden there's a, there's a go oh jeez I never I, I, I can't remember drama like it really uh, yeah like I mean you mentioned to me yeah, yeah, Eamon Kelly as well and Paddy Kelly they've been involved in the club for so long I remember playing under 12 semi-final with Laura we were playing uh, Ballina in a semi-final and we went to Nina to play it was a big evening for us and Keane and the lads were playing and I remember Nina, Nina was double booked would you believe it it was double booked whatever happened with the board and Logan and our board and here we were both teams togged out ready to go no game 
and we rang out to puck on Paddy Kelly and he put the he went out and he put the temporary goals up, you know, on the puck on pitch at short nose. Both teams, both sets of supporters went out and played the match. You know, that's how organized that club is and the Paddy Kellys and the Eamon Kellys and the people that have been involved in that club for so long. Do you know they got their day today? Donald Hackett, Dan Hackett's father, who died unfortunately during the year, who lived and bred uh, Kildang and Hurland. For those people today to be together as a group, as a parish uh, in Ulson, as county senior hurling champions, it's a huge dream come true for them. Yeah, well said, well said, Ken. And, and, and for the Hackett's and for the Kellys and for the Egan's and for the Gallagher's and, and the Flynn's and, and uh, even Shane McGowan, we'll throw in, who was in a snug and puck on. Uh, to have that Dan Breen sitting up in front of him today will be, will be magic. And we give them our, our 100%. We love, we've loved these podcasts on the club games and we give them 100 And our hearts do go out to the Lockmore boys as well. And we wish them the best of luck next week. And uh, that's not been hard on Clamell in any way but we do we do wish them well as well because they've been so great TJ you had um, we'll talk a bit about your own game being called off in a minute but you had to pay a few bob I suppose you had a secret code like yourself and Landers uh, normally have for the matches but uh, I don't know whether you paid eight quid to the Galway County Board or not but you um, got to watch Turlock more as you predicted last week coming through their semi-final no, I actually had to pay a tenner. I don't know oh. what happened. Yeah. Um, they, they, had two ma- they had two matches on for a tenner, but then because one of the games was called off. Will you get, sure hold it, hold it. You'll get that other match free next week, so because you'll be at it. You'll give me the code, will you? Oh, I'll give you the code for that. Yeah, well, right, yeah, right, that, right. That's fair enough. Right. Um, I'm giving that to the Galway lads. <laughs> yeah. Um, I suppose, first of all, our own, our own game was called off, and I missed it. The one day that there was little or no breeze in Salt Hill, I'm giving out about it all year, <laughs> and the match is called off. How significant is that? But yeah, great game again. Torough Moore had a very good win. They missed the penalty just before half time and then got a goal right in the stroke at half time. So, like, just they were definitely the better side. Um, Lock Reg got a goal later on to kind of keep the, keep the game interesting. But Di Burke in the middle of the field, um, just very effective for, for Torough Moore again. Um, just read Jamie Holland centre back. Yeah, they, they, they definitely bossed the game. They were the better side. So, Torough Moore. I just read afterwards the first final since 1990. There's an awful lot of working on there. I think they've won the last two. There was no failure this year, but Torlock Moore have won the last two All Ireland failures um, in, in the previous two years. So that can just tell you um, there's a club going places. So here in the county final, and obviously will be a formidable force for whoever is there. We don't have to worry about them for the moment. Our game, Dale against Capital has been refixed for Athenry next Sunday at three. So we have to just get ourselves sorted out this week. Um, there was a COVID case. Just misfortunate uh, circumstances, TJ. I know just, it with COVID, and uh, and you have to take no chances then. Yeah, it wasn't a direct contact; it was a casual contact, and and there was a lot of, I suppose, maybe PR stuff involved with the club, the county board, and effort. And my belief is from everybody around was that the advice was very good. The HC were involved. It was very clear, very quick. The game was called off. In fairness to Cappy, they agreed as well, and they were happy to do it and push the game out. So the game has just been delayed a week, which is. A, a, kind of a team for the weekend because I was reading I think it was three games off in Cork and there was a game off in Donegal and a game off somewhere else like, so it's a tricky scenario but in fairness to everybody involved it looks like the correct decision was made and the game has pushed out to next week so our semi-final is next Sunday Yeah and, and as you said about Capitagal no problem and that's one of the things Ken and would have, I know you have to go soon Ken and it's all my fault for delaying you because we have Wi-Fi problems here in West Clare normally West Clare Wi-Fi I'm going to give it up to you through the podcast have been very good <laughs> 
a bit, bit of a worry at the moment, Ken, with the spreading cases. I know you have it done and dusted and tip on the hurling side, but just just that you know, three big games, two of the quarterfinals in the senior football, and Cork called off and, and a Premier Intermediate, I think, you know, and um, other cases maybe. And I know a few friends of mine, even a very good friend of mine, one of my best friends, has been struck down with it. Got the news yesterday, just working with a lad that got it, and he's a bit of a worry, isn't it? Uh, over the next few weeks. Um, yeah, to be honest about it, Dale, it's a huge worry. We're hanging by a thread, to tell you the truth. Uh, the cases, again, like yesterday, huge amount up, to, up towards 400. I suppose the bigger worry for everybody is when it hits the rural counties, particularly Hard, Louth, Donegal, TJ mentioned Galway down to Cork. And then you had the Tullamore situation, which is very close to us. I have, obviously, I'm involved in the Offaly Championship semi-finals next week with St. Ryan. It's against Borre. We've had cases in Bor, we've had cases in Tullamore. So everybody's on, on the red alert. And it's amazing now when you when you come together as a team, as a group of players, you know, as well as having their own water bottles and having their own towels and uh, obviously uh, keeping uh, keeping away from each other. The important thing you're saying at the end of the session is, lads, we're training next Tuesday, Wednesday night. Keep safe, keep out of harm's way, look after yeah. yourself, mind your own business, and do your job and do your work, but don't get caught in a situation where you're that you're in groups. And I think, you know, we've got to keep emphasizing, you know, that we've got to take responsibility ourselves. Everybody has got to take responsibility. It is hanging by a thread. Um, sport has kept us going. You know, we're talking about the Intercounty Championship coming up as well. We want the local championship to finish, but it's going to shorten the winter for us, Dale. If we, you know, if we can see all the Intercounty Fair at football and hurling, minor 20 and senior, it'll shorten the winter for the people of Ireland. And it's so important now that we, we cling on to what we have and take responsibility. And, and like, I have to say, and I'm sure it's the same in Clare and Limerick lads, but hats off to Tip County Board. They rang the, the championships absolutely magnificently. Everybody was accredited going in yesterday. Nobody got in. Everybody, the contract tracing was there. Everybody had to give their numbers. Everybody knew who was absolutely in the stadium. So there was nobody uh, shirking responsibility. And I think they've ran a brilliant championship obviously with absolutely no revenue coming in. So tremendous work by the county boards to do that. And even with the crowds back in, which was a little worry for me, Ken, and I, I'm going to give credit to the county boards as well, Limerick and Clare. I've, I've seen the Limerick games be covered and the Clare Championship, which I've been you know, lucky enough to be at a few, covering a few. Excellent, I would say. But even yesterday I came across on the, on the radio commentary that Robert Ryan, uh, I think, and Tim Floyd went over to... A section of the crowd and asked them would they distance please lads you know because TJ was a bit of a complaint on Saturday night that the Dune section I'm not blaming them either now it's just that people are not used to being at matches that they were sitting a bit close together and we have to try and separate and Ken that, that had to be done yesterday uh, and rightly so and we just have to take that responsibility as spectators as well yeah, but I, I, you have to give credit to the county boards the way, the way they've gone about their business. And in fairness with the fans, at difficult times in clubs, trying to only let 100 people or 200 people into games, they've done, they've done the right thing. They've tried to play by the rules. I think it's a kind of a, it's a nature and a culture amongst us when you go to a match that you try to go and meet someone. And that's going to be hard to get out of people going forward, maybe as the crowd increases. Because I think... Like, where do you meet people? Like, you meet people at a match, and you might have seen somebody in a month or six weeks. So your natural kind of tendency straight away is to go and meet him. And sometimes, even for me today, if I haven't met somebody in a long time, your natural tendency is to put your hand even to go and shake hands with him. So it's, it's, it's our culture, that's the way it is. But credit to the guys, it's great to get the championship. I hope the rest of them do get finished. And like Ken, 
I really hope the inter-county happens. We need it. It'll definitely help the winter. It'll be great for people all around the country, football and hurling. We definitely want it to happen. Yeah, a couple of more things to cover, lads, just on the weekend. But, Ken, I know you have to go. And just want to talk to you quickly about the Offaly semi-finals. I want to ask you to... I, what I've been observing is that Borough are going well. Uh, I, know, I know from my context, Ballier were shocked in the clear semi-final by Callan's Mills. But Borr had beaten them the previous weekend in the challenge match. And that jumped out at me. That, and I know last year from involved with Kilmacud, we went down and played them in Borr. And, and I was impressed with them. So while you probably are favourites, uh, it's gone very much anyone's championship in, in Offaly at the moment. Yeah, it's anyone's championship. And we had a bit of a setback. Unfortunately, we lost Joey O'Connor through a straight red. Now, of course, being partisan as well as, well as yourself, I saw it, it was right in front of me and it was the most harmless uh, uh, incident I ever I ever witnessed. But uh, in fairness, you have to accept the decision. It's as simple as that. And we've got to accept it. But uh, Burr, it's like Gilladangan. Uh, Burr were so close last year, you know. Um, we just caught him at the winning post last year. It's going to be some game. It's in Tullamore next Sunday evening. Uh, the first semi-finals on Saturday evening, Kilcormick Kalahi, of course, uh, strong, huge, Two a senior B team and a senior A team and survived in senior B, you know, absolutely comfortably. So from that point of view, huge peak. But Belmont have been on the horizon for the last number of years. David Kenny still playing at centre forward. The Egans are involved. Ocean Kelly, of course, a marquee forward. And it could be Belmont's year to get to a final. They've been beaten in four or five semi-finals, Dalo, and they could get to the final. But Boran Rhinus, like all local derbies, is all to play for. And that's going to be some hell of a game on, on next Sunday evening. Okay, Ken. Um, and we'll, we'll wish you the best of luck on that. We'll wish everyone the best of luck. Myself and TJ have to remain neutral, but we know you're, you're, uh, you're, you're stuck in the middle of it. So we wish you the best of luck. And uh, thanks a million for, ha- for joining us today, Ken. Um, and uh, have a good week. And, and uh, um, just for the Laura lads to pick it up again. And if John McIntyre stays gone, I've no doubt that you'll, you'll be rattling that thing, uh, that Seamus Orion again next year. Uh, the Kenyans, Larry's keeping an eye on us all there. They probably have a say as well. But uh, thanks Thank a million you. for joining. Thanks a million for joining us, Ken. Cheers, lads. Thanks, Ken. Thanks, Thanks Bye bye. Bye bye. So, TJ, um, just we had a few more talking points yesterday, right? Um, I I streamed out. Of, I have to say, the involvement in Kerry. Uh, just I, I could have streamed the Dublin final but I suppose when Crokes weren't in it I said I'd go with Kilmiley and Causeway because I know the rivalry um, like TJ this is, this, this is the amazing thing with hurling and these breaks and water breaks I wanted to talk about that as well because that was huge in Limerick as well going back to the Limerick one like um, I think it was and thank, thank, I just want to say thanks to acknowledge Dave Punch who does the stats for us when we're doing the, the co-commentaries and that's Dave was just saying to me it was 9-6 at the first water break but by half time just won 12 to 9 points which is massive and at the second water break then uh, I look it was 219 to 112 now it's probably game over but Dune didn't even get a score after the second water break and like these breaks like I go back to Kerry Kill Miley came out of the blocks as underdogs and I guess a really good cause of a team now who would be favourites from the start of the year. Kill Miley would have been no chance really except Myler was back on board and Myler had some record in Kerry. Like I think, I think it might be sixth or seventh championship winning with Kill Miley. And Kill Miley would have would be a great county final team, if you know what I mean. That some clubs are like that. If they get in there at all, they'd feel they'd win it. And and 
they usually, I, I felt they'd put up a massive, they were underdogs, as I say, but half time the score is 2 8 to 4 points, TJ. Like, they've blitzed them, 10 point game, they played them off the field, like, and you're saying, unless they do something silly here, you're Daniel Connell's, Daniel Connell's scoring all the frees, you're Massey O'Connor on fire up front, like, two brilliant goals. If you get a chance and we see the clip of the kicked goal, if they showed it on match of the day, they'd be saying goal of the week. He lost his hurley. It was either dragged out of his hand or, or, or he fell out of his hand. And, the, and he was still about 14 yards out. Well, this kick, and they don't play football. <laughs> they don't play football in Kilmiley. Right. And we were, on about, we were on about David Dempsey's goal, top corner. But anyway, halftime comes. And to the water break, Kilmiley don't score. And, and, and Causeway leveled the game. And the less, and then, then the water break comes, and Myler gets him in around him, and they come out and score three without reply. Then, Kim Wiley. Yeah, yeah. It didn't, didn't look like getting a point at that stage. Isn't it amazing? Like, are you advocating maybe timeouts, uh, like in, uh, in well, American well, football? I, I, well, well, I haven't, I haven't had a chance <laughs> in my uh, managerial or coaching uh, time to right. have water breaks. You have. What's have, bloody yeah. well? What's bloody well going on in these water breaks? It, it, it just gives you that 30, 45 seconds. Just, uh, you only really get an opportunity to make one point, right? So you might just fix one thing because you know yourself even at halftime, trying to get four or five or six things across doesn't really usually happen. You might get two maybe at halftime, right? But Can I stop you there? Are you talking to like to Kevin then, Kevin Lelly, and your lads saying, lads, what's the one point? Think of the one point. We try to refine it to one point at the water break, right? So we'll go to the stats, guys, see what whatever is glaring, obviously from your own visuals. So you'll say, this is the one thing. It could be your own puck out. It could be your resets on the opposition puck out. It could be just one point that you see that we're not doing. You might be a fraction off it or whatever. So you're trying to focus in on that. Or else, like I have seen in games where maybe the minds get tired and maybe you switch off because you have been 10 points up and your intensity isn't, you're not in the same zone. Get them back into full concentration, rezone them. It's a bit like being a training and day When you do the first two drills and you see it, you say, you know what, lads, we're not on the money here. Right? You call them in for that split 30 seconds, right? You give your little bit of a bollocking or whatever and then they're away and then they're, you're in the zone. It's a little bit like that. As I said, yeah, it's a bit like a timeout in America. Why did they call timeout in American football just before that critical play? You get the guys in the zone and away you go. But to go back to Dune, the previous week against Kamalak, they got two goals straight after the water break. It was perfect timing. So, yeah, when you, when, you, when you win, it kind of papers up everything and you kind of look to all those things. Yeah, well, I think it, look at going back to it, it's going to be, I presume it's going to stay with us, Larry, uh, for the inter-county. I don't know if there's been a decision on that, but I presume Zoom, it's going to stay with us with the COVID situation and the reason for it is that water carriers are not running in out of the field I think it's, it's there yeah I must say I find it magnificent for the, uh, the Douglas Hall under 11 girls because like, you get a chance to tie their laces in the, the old water break <laughs> you know? fair play fair play but uh, let's, uh, there was just one thing I never do water breaks I'm in Bob's under 14s and guys playing and Donnie's room for and goals right and in the last game we played and he kind of said to me put for the water breaks do you want me to come up? <laughs> <laughs> the Rhines and economy yeah, yeah. there are always the same way. Yeah, we, we were the same with Clark Castle with, with Jamie Coughlin in goal. We decided to leave Jamie goal if the water break was in a certain half because uh, to be putting him under a bit of pressure and leave him alone, he was keeping the goal fine and, and leave him at it. And what I noticed with Dune tried to do with the water break on Saturday night was the forwards stayed together on one side of the field yeah. in the backs. And I said, is this a great move? But then, of course, if you do, t- if it if it works and you win, everything is right. If it doesn't, that's, yeah, that's, all, that's always the way. Yeah. But you wouldn't believe the Kerry one uh, in the second half, TJ. 
like the I the camera focused on the Causeway boys because they had cut down the ten point lead to nothing. Zero, yeah. drawing match. And they were pumping each other, they were belting each other, and we have them and the rivalry is so intense. Where Myler must have just said, lads, are you going to let your families that are here and watching on TV and streaming, have you ent- And like they came out and hit three of the next four points, like no. two in a row. Then, then they got, gave one back and they got the, the third one, you know. So, and that's mm. the, they only got over the line by a point. But, you know, that, like for me, Causeway, if there was no water break, would have gone on and won that Kerry County. Yeah, I was, going, I was going to ask you that question. No, nobody will ever know the answer to that. But in the absence of a water break, were Causeway in so much ascendancy, would they have kept on? I could see no way. J- Jason Diggins had taken over at centre back. Jesus, a centre back that's as good as I've seen now. And down in Kerry, you know, you're, you're talking Joe McDonough level, but Jesus, top player. But they're far, even their subs. Had made, and there was no, and like Daniel, Daniel Collins, who'd be Kimiley, Tom Mornan, they had faded. But they thundered in then for the last 13 minutes again, which is, which is absolutely amazing. And, uh, is, 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 there a po- is there a possibility post-COVID that you could have, a, let's say, either a water break or a possible timeout, one for each half or one for each manager? Well, I'd say there'll be some voting for it and some voting not, but uh, it's, a, it's a real challenge for the, for the Caroline Currids and the Liam Oggins and all these people out there, isn't it, that are, what what's to do? What's the right thing to do on a timeout? And I presume there's loads of examples that can be taken from the American sports that that, that it's allowed in, and even handball, a part of our own association, you can call a timeout. You know, okay, and yeah. you, you can have, you can have a quick word with your coach or whatever at the top level. I've seen it happen, and and uh, yeah, it's something for. But look, a, a fierce congrats! I'd say there'll be a right uh, evening in the talker. This evening down there, I hope, lads, you can keep the social distancing with the six at the table. But Nealis Flynn, even though he'd originated, Nealis Flynn's grandson, Tyke Flynn, would have been in goal for Causeway. So they had it last year, but the boys have it back for the 25th time. And uh, John Brendan O'Halloran, the goalie, who was my goalie while I was there, I have to say, it was only a young lad. It was only 17, and, and I think the first county final we played in. And uh, to see him going up lifting it, just, uh, I was thrilled for them all. Close sniff. How do Kilmiley keep doing a 25 championships? No village, one pub, one church, one field, and then a load of farms and houses. But uh, great, great for them. And, and, and hard luck to Causeway. They, they'll be back because they, they have such a panel. And as I said, the quality, you know, Brandon Barrett didn't even start for them. He'd be established, Kerry. But when he came on as well, that really turned it. But really enjoyed it as well. Uh, TG, great final in Dublin as well. Again, again, here, Borden. And I knew Borden had come out fighting. It's yeah. they're just belly Borden, like with Keeney alone. And I think he eventually walked on a second yellow. But like Keeney at 38, we're on about own Kelly. He's a mag- he's a specimen as well of a, of a of an athlete. You know, he minds himself that well. But the likes of Keeney, James Madden did a massive job, as we speculated uh, last week with your on Conor Callahan. But yes, Con, after the last water break, Borden still ahead. Con broke through, got the goal, but was dragged back for the penalty and upstep Sean Morn. And Sean got 2-3 uh, and won 2 from play from midfield. Um, and Kula managed, managed to, to pull off a great club team. And we were on about the, you know, the, the whole All-Ireland club, Munster club, and Kula being back in the Leinster club would have been absolutely massive as well, TJ. Yeah, I, 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 see, I see someone with the cool and possibly Belly Hale, and you had to obviously give credit to Dixborough because Belly Hale and won that jet. But 
to go back to Khan and Owen Kelly and these guys, they're just such great players. Like, yeah, it mightn't happen. And those inside forwards, you talked about patience earlier on, they're just incredible. Like Khan, like he'd be some addition to the Dublin Berlin team, I imagine if they could have him mentioned him being an inside forward. But yeah, I was just saying to Ken there, well, you went to next door for a point there earlier on, Dello, the quality <laughs> of the club championship overall, uh, the physicality of the players, the shape of the players, it's been some advert for the game, and we've had the classics to go with it, whether it was in Kilkenny or in Tipperary and TG4 or whatever. Yeah. But the club game is in a good place in most of the counties that we've been watching, a real high quality. It's moved up. Managers, strength and conditioning, like, like stats guys. You can see them all working together. I've seen guys coming down with notice boards just in those water breaks. So club game really to the fore, I think. Yeah, a big dilemma for the GA, you know, I think, and, 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 and GPA, CPA, what, what way are we going to come up with a system now? Will it be county first, club first? I see lads coming out saying maybe club first is the way to go now. Yeah, I, think, I, I think I'm a club first myself, uh, both at the moment. The other piece that's missing here, maybe, are we going to see potentially a player that might have been part of the squad in, in, in the, the spring that might have just sprung to the fore in the club championship? John Kiley or Liam Sheedy is going to see whether it's a Roland Lynch or a John Maher and those guys play a role. Down. Like that, that, that would be the kind of finishing touch to really drive, drive home the nail for a club game. But overall, I suppose the lack of the club championship is, is a little bit disappointing. I know it was a call they made. I know it's great to have county championships and it's great to have inter-county. But I suppose for somebody like a Kiladangan especially, right? Or maybe even a Kula who have unfinished business or an Apiercy who didn't happen last year. Whatever your reasons are, it is a bit disappointing for those guys who don't have a club championship to look forward to. Yeah, I suppose, especially for the established ones that have been there, thereby. I'd say, Kildangan won, won mine, TJ. <laughs> it's over. They can't lose. They can't finish up on any disappointing note. That's possibly year. true. Yeah, possibly yeah. true. Well, great, great kudos for Willie Maher. Like, went in after um, Maddie Kenny, like, with two All yeah. Ireland's with Kula, and he's, he's won back to back championships now. And, uh, like, this, whatever you say about Tip Larry as well, like, this, Jeez, there's an abundance of coaches there as well. You Liam Cattell in Waterford and Willie now, you know, proving his worth as well. I know he's a great underage coach with Tip as well. So you have a lot of coaches as well as a lot of players, Larry. So there's been no poor mouth tolerated out of you this year. A bit of missionary work around the place like you'd have to be. I, uh, I, I, oh, Jesus, this is back to the, the stuff in the late 80s, these early 90s. Spreading the gospel. Huh? Spreading the gospel, yeah, yeah, yeah. And just a quick mention before we, we look, a quick look ahead, to what we have ahead, the down final. I just want to touch on this because I know how I've been up there a few times. Bally Cran and Portaferry played an absolute epic extra time. Two massive local rivals. But they decided they weren't going to penalties up in the Ards Peninsula, TJ. They said they're having a replay in two weeks' time. And uh, mm. we'll, we'll fill the pitch again. And we'll, uh, well, we won't be able to fill the pitch. I obviously have a few more supporters allowed in the north. But uh, they decided they were doing it their own way anyway. I thought we were all getting ready for penalties in, in, in Torles. I know. Well, I put, up, I, I put up a message on WhatsApp to yourself and Landers and, and Larry yesterday to see you because I was getting ready for penalties in the tip championship. I said, the referee is definitely going to make it. And you didn't even have a chance to reply to me on, on what we saw what unfolded. I, I probably would be of the mindset that a replay where time allows is definitely the better way to go. So fair play to them. Yeah, I, I suppose you could say that, but if, if like with Lockmore situation, if you're Liam Sheedy in the stand, yeah, different. Yeah. Lockmore have a football final to play, so a replay wasn't going to be next week. It was definitely going to be two weeks. So, and he's to try and get ready for the winners of Clare and Limerick. So, yeah, yeah. At the same time, at the same time, I was 
probably secretly hoping yesterday that we'd have got penalties in that game. I probably I was looking forward to the excitement of it. So yeah, just the child in me coming out again every now and again. Yeah, that, it's like a fella in the World Cup, like you know, he's <laughs> don't score, don't, don't score. score. Yeah, yeah. We want to see fellas suffering here. Even these these fellas have to go to work this morning. Like yeah. <laughs> we want to see them suffering, missing a penalty to try and win the first ever county final for their club. Like you know, that's the that's the madness in it. So look, that's 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 I suppose. A lot to look forward to. Ken touched on awfully. Great novel final in Clare next week. Willow Callahan's Mills win the first one. They won the Junior A yesterday. I got another text some fingers last night up the fireballs. They're known <laughs> as the O'Callaghan's Mills. Fingers isn't texting me like, but I'm getting these raft of weekly texts now, you know. They won the Junior A yesterday. They conceded 25 points, but they scored something like four. 15 or something, you know, mad score. And at the Junior A won, my uncle's cup, John Daly. I text one or two of them to look after my uncle John uh, <laughs> out there. And they have the senior final next week. But Six Mile Bridge will be the favourites there. We have a massive, new massive semi-final opportunity. But I suppose Kilkenny will be huge next huge. week as well, you'd have to say. Like, um, you know, Belly Hale, yeah, everything was massive about that James Stevens win but you would have nearly Dixborough ahead of James Stevens at the moment in talent and, and the quality of their first 15. So I think we could be in for a huge one there as well. That looks a classic. Is it on TV there, is it? I think so. I think so. I'm not 100% certain now between trying to put notes and to put everything together from watching. I'm googly-eyed from watching matches <laughs> and uh, trying to watch the golf as well then. Um, last night, uh, so I was up early this morning trying to, and then Wi-Fi problems and everything else, but... Ah, uh, yeah, I, I presume TG Cahar won't kick a white ball and not have a hurling game as the main yeah, game yeah. next week at the moment, you know. Sure, so, will, yeah. And there's, there's semi finals in Cork as well next weekend, isn't there? Oh, the little All Ireland. Little All Ireland's back. back, yeah, yeah. The two year old. Today, yeah. The two year old uh, we'll, will be broken. And we'll have the pedigree next week, yeah. We'll get the pedigree, we'll get the breeding, we'll get the, we won't get the price off him, of course. But we've also one bet left standing on the group on the group thing. We saw yeah. we'll be looking at results. We can right. reveal that to the public. Um, we'd be hoping we've a couple up, so we'd be hoping for a couple of more to come up. Yeah, Dale, I have two more things here before we finish up. Right, obviously Bale is coming home. I, I, I must be a big plus. Must be excited about that. Number one and number two, Bryson the I'm sure you were watching him last night, right? The question I have is, he's going to change golf, I think, right? Yeah. Like. I'm probably in the camp of he was a bit he was slow. It was kind of hard to watch him at times. Some of his driving was just unbelievable. Is there a goalkeeper potentially looking at something here? Can I drive the ball further? Is there a game changer coming down? Because like you wouldn't have thought 12 months ago that somebody could just revolutionize golf. But I think this guy's going to do it. Yeah, quickly on the Bailey thing, you know, I know we're buying a 31 year old there for, and he's out injured for the next five games. I, the jury's <laughs> out for me. I'd be more excited about the left back they've signed, thank God, that you might be beginning to have a back four. And, and uh, but yeah, Bale, look, Bale might do as much to change golf as Bryson there. <laughs> yeah, I saw a little picture of the new stadium with a few bunkers put in by some smart alley. Could uh, you know these WhatsApp messages? Yeah, Larry, we'll leave that, Larry. We'll, we'll talk about that at the Christmas party when we're gone seven points ahead of you as normal, like, you know. But, um, no, uh, yeah, the gas thing about it is, TJ, and I was only watching it closely last night, and Jesus, do you know what? Every tournament this year, I've nearly had a couple of bob on him each way. And what, I just read so much about winged foot that it wasn't going to suit him. He was going to be in so much tough rough. Trouble, yeah, yeah. But he was in so much tough rough, but he's such strength and power he can get a wedge to, 
out of the heaviest rough to the front of the green. And he's a brilliant putter. And the putter as well, if you watch it, it's just like That's a pendulum. You know, and yeah, he, sorry, sorry. but you know what he is? He's an honors uh, degree in physics. Physics. I read it. Yeah, I read it. Yeah, he's around 20, 20 kgs, like, and obviously yeah. he's he's into ball spin and the movement, like. But he's driving. I think it was one par five yesterday. It was a, a driver and a wedge and a wedge and a wedge. Yeah, he played a wedge to a par three, one hundred ninety-five yards, like, which is just like it's just it's just not not possible. Now, Wolf. Wolf nearly has as big a hitter, so I wonder, is, is the, yeah, is the, are young lads coming out of collegiate golf now going to look at that and say, but I can't see in hurling, you know, we, we've all seen the cool tech hurlies coming in and me giving out to Ryan O'Dwyer that was like a trampoline, his first touch was like a trampoline effect yeah. with, the, with, the cool, with the cool tech hurley. Now, some people love him and a lot of goalies do use him for puck outs, but I think we've such a sport that's so in, instinctive and... No, like as as the great old one says, uh, we were above watching a, a US PGA. I think above on a Thursday night, above in Galway, uh, after playing. Uh, I think we were after playing at the night, and uh, they invited us back to some pub for tea and sandwiches. And no one was having a drink because um, the rivalry was bitter between Tip and Galway around in. But no one was having a drink because we were playing on the 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 Sunday week, and this was the Thursday night week. We say before it and. Some old lad, two stories from that. Some old lad at the counter uh, said, we all ordered, went in and said, could I have still water, please? And, and uh, some old lad just having these few pints, quiet ones at the counter, he, he turned back and out was in the middle of the bitterness between Tip and Galway, if you remember. And he said, lads, I don't mind what water you drink once you don't drink that Tipperary stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the other thing is, the golf was on the telly, uh, and this was the early 90s, let's say, and uh, Tiger stuck one in to about three inches from 200 yards and famously our manager at the time Jack Maloney said we all went oh lads what a shot like what a player this fella is and he's becoming and our manager at the time Jack Maloney he says why wouldn't he lads and no one on him and that's like you know, <laughs> while, while golf might be able to be revolutionised TJ I, I just think like our game and that's what's, that's what's amazing about Joe Gallagher being allowed to get a free catch I, know. I wonder where the likes of John Maher and those lads had their hands up in the air thinking they had won the Tipperary yeah. final. But look, again, I'm not going to take off, take it away from Kiladangan. It was a magnificent finish. And, and uh, yeah, it's so much, so much to talk about, lads. And, and uh, sorry about the Wi-Fi stuff, TJ. And I wasn't gone down for a pint, but I can guarantee you before the evening is out, <laughs> for the first time since the 14th day of March, TJ, I will be sampling a creamy, fresh, from the middle of the barrel, uh, pint of porter in Murty Browns. Well, quality control, Dale, in all organisations is critical, as we all well know. So are you going down there on a quality control role just to make sure that it's okay for the rest of West Clare to come along? Well, I, I, I do own the place, but Shane has at least off me. And uh, so it's his baby, I suppose, but he's all the work done. Um, my Una was down there. She was giving a hand yesterday. She said, oh, daddy, the place is unreal. Sanitizer on the tables. And he's bought new tables. And so I'm hoping I get a table, TJ. That's, that's the bottom line oh, here. So, so I'm going to have to keep an eye out the window to watch how many are being dropped off for parking up. But what's the story? And even text Shane to say, what, what's the table situation like? Uh, can I can I hold one? I don't think he's allowing bookings. It's first come, first serve. So uh, All right, okay. let's see how it goes. So it's great to open in fairness. We didn't get That is, it is, and I, I just hope with the outbreaks that will they're not closed again. But uh, yeah, I think people 
people will do their best. I think it's up to the, the people running the pubs as well to, to run a good show, like we talked about the GA. So, yeah, lads, uh, thanks a million. Thanks, Larry. Thanks, TJ. We thank, we love having yeah. Kane on with us. Uh, great stuff again, lads. Hope, hope you enjoyed the, the content. We, we tried to poke around as much as we can. We've done golf. We've done uh, Bryson DeChambeau. Um, we have done the pubs opening. Um, we've done Garrett Bale coming back to the new lane. And, <laughs> and, and he has won everything now since he went to Madrid, so we need him to win everything now since he's back in North London. Larry, you okay with that? And the year ends in a one, Dale. You're dangerous. Ah, <laughs> you said it. Good luck, lads. See you guys. Good luck. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.